Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Motown and Coney. Back with my main man, Tommy. What up, though? So, right before we got on this, you, you was talking about everything that's going on. You got Draymond Green with the choke down of a player I really don't care for, Rudy Gobert. Uh, <laughs> Diddy. <laughs> And I kind of want to start with Diddy because that just came out the blue. <laughs> uh, facing a $30 million lawsuit. You got everything going on with the Michigan football team. You got uh, Ansel Reese being benched by LSU in the second half. And um, she's not with the team today. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, you got the. I guess now Las Vegas A's moving to, uh, well, officially moving to Las Vegas. Um, this has probably been the best Friday release for music we've seen all year. Mm-hmm. And finally releasing his first solo project, and lo and behold, it's him playing the flute, but I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Little, you got Lil Wayne and Two Chains dropping. You got Drake releasing what was the Scary Hour Three um, after he said he was taking a break. So, um, hell, yeah, Rick Ross and McMills came out last week. So it's a pretty good week finally for music. Oh man, Will Smith, Dwayne um, Martin rumor. <laughs> And with Jada Pinkett, they suing. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah that that was a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. So if you if you like me and Rodney, you probably losing your mind because all that just hit like a like a tidal wave. Um. All right. So which one you want to start off with first, Rodney? Let's talk about Diddy. <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's talk about Diddy and his drama. Yeah, so I had to do, first of all, I, I didn't even know about it till like late last night I was on Facebook and somebody had posted something about Diddy. So I said, what the hell is going on with Diddy? So I Google, story comes up, and I, I see $30 million, former girlfriend accusing him of, of rape and Lo and behold, it's um, Cassie, who I always thought was pretty hot myself. Uh, and then you got, um, what's the chick, Aubrey from Danny D. Kane, who's always mm-hmm. glad that, you know, to get ahead, you had to do do something strange for a little bit of change, I guess. That's how you want to say it. <laughs> um, so... But I think the most interesting part for me and the reason why I probably do believe this is I remember the whole Kid Cudi car blowing up incident and then that to be in the report about, you know, Diddy threatening to blow up his car and then it happened a few days later. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe the game and everybody is right, man. Look like Diddy might be in some... Boiling hot water. I'm not even gonna say hot water. I think it's boiling. <laughs> so, 
I just now me having to envision Diddy as a crime boss now. Because <laughs> apparently he had all this. Apparently he had Tupac killed. Uh, apparently he uh, he's holding Cassie as a sex slave. Um, her reports is that that he's a uh, he had her have sex with multiple men while he wow. filmed and yeah, yeah just like yeah, it just is wild. Like it's it's really wild, and I don't know what to think anymore, man. Like I that's not the picture I painted of of uh, of Diddy. So now I'm thinking to myself like. Well, what is he doing with uh with the city girls or you know with uh Carisha? Like uh Yeah, so it, it made me question that it also made me question like some of the other people, you know, that have left the bad boy camp. I know there was a you know, him giving their, their masters. Apparently they had to sign a um non disclosure agreement in order to get their masters. Um and that's why like Aubrey from Danny Kane have refused to sign. Uh, I'm interested to see like if some of the other female artists or uh, um, other artists he dated in the past come out and say you know anything. So it'll be interesting. Thirty million dollars. Yeah, man. Just like now, I, I mean, there's so many questions. I'm I'm not the one to judge. You know, I'm not the judge, or the the jury, or the prosecutor, or none of that stuff. It's just, it feel like, you know, from her breakdown, and if all this is going on, um, I'm thinking like, call the police. No, like, the, I'm, the only thing like, I of it is Diddy, what, almost 20 years her senior, so maybe of that I think they started dating when she was like 19. Um, but it does like made me question like was he doing this with Kim Porter? Um like I know in the past like it have been rumors um and stuff like Mary J. Blythe leaving Bad Boy because of the drug use and stuff. So I, I don't know. It's it's so many layers and so many unanswered questions. It's like you get <laughs> you get from I don't know because somebody put on Twitter today like R. Kelly and Diddy the same person. So yeah, and I'm like, what? I'm just, I'm yeah, like I said, I'm just blown away. Maybe, maybe Hollywood works a little different, you know. I it just feels like if somebody's doing that to me, and you know, and and it feels like you know, how long was she with him? They were together for like some years too, for like yeah, what ten they, years? Yeah, it's, it seems to like they were together for a long time. I know they were off and on some at uh, some point in there because I kind of do remember him like going back to Kim Porter. Um, right. I mean, there's I remember getting rumors about Diddy and sex and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I don't know, but the the whole. Like if he really is linked to the the explosion of Kid Cuddy House, I mean Car, we like you said, are we really looking at a a crime boss? Is I I don't I don't know. You talking about the man that just changed the middle name to Love and all all of this? <laughs> that's what I was saying too. Like that's not uh really brotherly of brother love. 
<laughs> that's why I just, I just, I don't know. I, you know, I, it feel like I just find it hard to believe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just. I, I don't know. I find it hard to believe, but then I'm also like, uh, the math is a, is math, man. In this case, in, in some instances, like some the rumor, the whole kid Cuddy thing. Um, I mean, we, but was that about a month ago? We were talking about the game, telling Diddy to get ready to go to jail. So, and I, I think I did read today that the New York Police Department has opened an investigation. Wow, that is that's just that's crazy to me. Yeah, I just I I I wonder if it's like any if it's if it's anything like for the Tupac thing because you know they they went and revisited that if that has any weight going with it. He just got so much stuff going on. I just it it just yeah I don't I'm so confused about that whole thing. So now I look at this guy like totally different. Yes. I'm blown away. Yeah, like you said, is he a black mom boss that we never knew about? I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't. Forty hours ago, I couldn't fathom that we would be kicking off the podcast talking about Diddy being accused of rape, especially from Cassie of all people, because. Um, I mean, you don't know the inner workings of anybody's relationship, but they were, like you said, together for a long time. And when you saw them together, they were a beautiful-looking couple, so. I know. And then, like like you said, her saying rape, and, you know, that's, them are huge words, you know, and this yeah, can, like, dolly like, destroy his career for sure. A lot of things that he, you know, that he stands upon. Um, I just, um, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm, I don't know, man. This is kind of difficult for me, yeah. you know, just to think. Because I feel like, you know, the whole time that he's with her, he has all this other stuff going on. Like, she had a chance to escape, get out. I think he broke up with her, like you said. They were on and off, you know, it just, I don't know, man, uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's not meant for me to break it down, I guess, but yeah, I find it kind of hard to believe. Yeah, but the whole, and I don't know, the whole Kid Cudi situation is even, it just asked, asked to it. So I, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, it, it's, it was a really good week for music to, to that happen. Um, I think it's been the the week we've been waiting for for so long. Uh, shoot, it. <laughs> you finally get a Andre three thousand solo project, and it's him playing the flute. But like I said, I'm actually here for it. So, what do you think of Flute Gate so far? Because he got a lot of people behind him. I mean, I the so I haven't completely listened to it. It's not that many songs, but it's like the album. I think is like an hour and twenty minutes or something. Um, but what I've listened to, I I I'm, I mess with it. Uh, yes, I, I find it disappointing though that he said that you know. Uh, 
he really doesn't have anything to rap about, which I find odd. Because he has peers that are still rapping at his age that have tons of stuff to talk about. So I, I do find that part weird, but I'm definitely here for the whole flute album. Yeah, some tracks are 13 minutes, some tracks are 11 minutes. It just, whew, man, oh, man. I, that's a quick turnaround. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, if you would have told me that we would get an Andre 3000 album and it will be with just a flute, probably would have, yeah, <laughs> probably would have just laughed at you. Uh, have you been smoking? Yeah, it's just, all the news is like, if you... I don't know. It's just to me, Rodney. If 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 I hopped in a time machine and went forward in time and looked at this and said the news would be uh, Michigan cheating scandal, Diddy and Cassie talking about Cassie, you know, raping and um, Andre three thousand coming out with an album finally, but it's a flute. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff. Just yeah. <laughs> just I'm speechless yeah, it's, right it's, now. It's, it's just mind-boggling. <laughs> or the fact that you got Drake um, drop an album pretty much after he said he wasn't dropping an album. With more songs. Yeah. And, and you know what's crazy? The more songs that he just dropped was really good. Like, I, I listened to the add-ons from the songs that he dropped, and they were really good. Um, yeah, he should have started... Um, yeah, they should have been. They could replace some of the songs that's on the um, original album. Yeah, it's just. I'm. It's still like I said. I had a chance to listen to the album over and over again, and the songs that they did put on the radio. It's it's okay. It's not really a great Drake album. If you're talking about a Drake wise album, from like the albums in the past that he's put out um some of them that you probably have slept on and then you came back and was like damn it's a good album this album still really isn't that great um and he, he got another song with j cole and j cole watches him again so yeah and they're going on tour actually um on tour together so it's, it's funny because when I, you know, saw they were going on tour together, a lot of the comments like, "Well, I'm happy um, J Cole is with him because Drake um, by the last few times he's been watched." I was like, "Damn!" Like, so I don't know what's going on, but yeah, like I, I'm happy they did, you know, they decide to do something too, and then that means that we'll definitely get a um, maybe a collab album between those two. That'll be good too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this seems to be the 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 moment for the collab albums. You got the Rick Ross and Mick Mills album, and uh, Two Chains and Little Wayne album, which I actually really really like. I might actually like it better than the Rick Ross and Mick Mills album at this point. Um, Rodney, that album just saved hip hop this year. <laughs> Not gonna even lie to you, that Little Wayne and uh. Two Chains album is a classic. Yeah, I I just I, I I listened to it. I was blown away. Like both of those guys are like timeless and it's flaw. It's what 
is what I wanted Rick Ross and Meek Mill album to be. You know what I mean? Like the so the the Rick Ross and Meek Mill's album feels forced. Yeah, it does. I can go without it. It's just like, eh. Yeah, it's like I can like, go without it. The Little Wayne and Two Chains album reminds me of the Watch the Throne and Kanye and, and Jay-Z album in, in a lot of aspects. Like, they naturally uh, work well together. Um, the feature fit with the whole album. Um, it, it, like, it's, it's thematic, too, in, in some regards, um, which is lacking in the whole Rick Ross McMill's album. Right. It's like you, it's like you got a, a movie. It's like you're watching a movie. That's what I was going to say. Like, I don't think it's no skips. I, I would, in my opinion. I would I would. Yeah, it's no skips. A shitload of songs, no skips. The beats are flawless. Just a really good album. Really good collaboration. Shout out to yeah. Lil Wayne and, and 2 Chainz for that one, too. We needed that bad. And the last time we had a in the last time we had a good collab album like that, it was uh it was Drake and Twenty One Savage. They gave you a good album. And I, I and this album is better than that album. So just a I I'm just blown away by the album. The album is really good. Mm-hmm. And I listen to it and I'm like, what the hell? Like the production was dope and I like how they redid some of the, some of the songs. Like, um, they redid "Big Ballin'" and and put their own spin on it. And it just they just did a lot of excellent yeah, things together, man. I I really yeah I'm rocking with this album. Heaven. What do you say? They the new big timers. <laughs> yeah, like they, man, they really showed their ass on this album, man. Now that that's a, a, a tour I would like to see two chains to Lil Wayne on tour together. That that would be an amazing um, concert. So, and I, I think that. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. My bad. No, I was going to say I think that. Yeah, I appreciate them brothers though for for. Yeah, they might have saved hip hop. <laughs> Man, cause this uh, this this year was, and both of those guys together, that's the tour that we really want. Like I, I love J Cole, I love Drake. That's gonna be one hell of a tour. But man, like from off of this album right there, I really want to not the hype the hype train behind that. You got Lil Wayne, you got Two Chains. Like who else is coming along with that that tour? Cause we need we need some ideas for that too. I think they're big enough to carry their own tour, uh, and and carry on a couple other people too. Um, maybe bring Rick Ross with him and Meek Mill, but Rick Ross think he's bigger than what he is, so he probably want to have his own tour with him and Meek Mill, and then bring Wale and a couple other people. So it's a damn house. Ever <laughs> since he got that damn house. Yeah. but I I agree. I think Little Wayne and Two chains, they could they could carry a tour just two of them. Um, I would like to see something like Manny Fresh as the DJ or something. Oh yeah, that'd be dope. Go back and get like Juvenile and some of those other people too, man. They have them like on this tour also. 
And yeah, yeah now you got something. Now you cooking. Yeah, I I'm so appreciative of of that album. Um, I, I think the fourth quarter is gonna close real strong. I th- I still think you get the Rhapsody album before, um, the year's out. Um, so so far the November probably has been the best month this year for hip hop albums. Hands down, without a doubt. Yeah, November came on strong, man. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about hip hop right now. This is and the shot in the arm we needed. I just I I thought about this earlier this week um, when the Grammy nomination was 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 put out. Do you know Nas <laughs> is nominated for rap album of the year for Kings of Z three, and it seems so long ago. I know, ain't that crazy? Like yeah. yeah. Uh, I had to because rem- somebody I follow was like, um, "How Scissor got all these nominations and Beyonce don't have none." I was like, "Beyonce Renaissance album was nominated last year, right?" And like, it feel like she's just going like really fast, but her singles like are carrying on like forever. They yeah, still play Beyonce like yeah. <laughs> I mean. Her and Taylor, Taylor Swift, they both got the concert movies um, coming out. I was actually just reading something about how Taylor Swift and Beyonce is going to say the movie theater is, um, with the writer strike and then the actor strike. Um, they're lacking a, a lot of movies for December and February. So uh, I thought that was interesting. I. <laughs> I wonder if Travis Kelsey is going to be at the Taylor Swift movie <laughs> premiere. Oh, my goodness, man. And speaking of Travis Kelsey, man, and Taylor Swift, man, they kind of just took over the sport. I thought they were doing it for just uh, publicity. What the hell? Apparently, they might really like each other, man. He's flying down to Brazil to, like, watch her concerts. And yeah, they really playing it. They milking this shit. They really milking it. <laughs> Yeah, if this is real, they milking it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we on the same page with that one. At first, I was like, okay, he he getting all these extra followers and stuff. But I'm like, okay, maybe they really are something serious. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if the Chiefs make it back to the Super Bowl. I can just imagine the cover covers now. Like how many times will they show Taylor Swift on the damn TV screen? Man, ESPN is just milking everything from the Taylor Swift, and between that, between Michigan, between the Dallas Cowboys, I'm just I'm sick of ESPN. That's all they talk about is those three things: Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, the Jets. Sorry about that. Let me throw in the Jets too because they're. God forbid they don't talk about the Jets. Um, yeah, so let me talk about this whole Michigan situation since you brought it up because people are really starting to get on my nerves. Unless they, unless the NCAA finds evidence that Jim Harbaugh knew health finance, did whatever, I need people to stop talking about Michigan to get the death penalty or be disqualified from the college football playoff. 
because even with them firing his assistants today, so far he hasn't even been linked to the sign-stealing scandal. He got linked to trying to destroy evidence after the fact. So, or even just talking to players about it. So I need all those people that saying, oh, this happened, that happened. They deserve the death penalty or they deserve not to be in a college football playoff. Just, just, just simmer down. Right. Because half the time, people don't know what the hell they're talking about. Stephen A. Smith was driving me crazy, too. I'm like, for him to be an analyst, man, like, he really doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, too. It just drives me yeah. nuts. Yeah, I haven't watched First Take in a while. Uh, so... Yeah, well, you're not missing nothing because that's that's mainly the main thing they're talking about is just that, and it drives me nuts, Rodney. Yeah, they need to be talking about all these quarterbacks um getting hurt. Oh my goodness, man! It's it's been a quarterback graveyard, man. And, yeah, and speaking uh, of speaking of investigations, also, um, the Bengals are being investigated by the NFL, rightfully um, so. I don't know. Yeah. Did you see the game yesterday at all? Well, I've seen the game, but I mean, I'm trying to figure out how can they actually be investigated. Did he, re- well, maybe did he report that he had like an injury prior to that? That's what they're trying to say. Oh, um, so, yeah, so from from what I gleaned, if the issue is that they, I guess NFL believe there was some type of injury before um, because there are videos of folks of him wearing a brace on his hand um, t- prior to the game, a few days to the game. So, um, but I don't think he ever showed up on the injury report. Um, I don't get Cincinnati at all for this because Joe Burrow is your franchise. You just gave him over a quarter quarter of a billion dollars, basically, um, in his contract to be the face of the franchise. If he has the slightest injury and it could be aggravated even worse, I don't don't know why you play him. I mean, the division is there for for the taking, if you think about it. I don't know if they, they like, well, Baltimore is number one in the division. We're going to play Burrow. But, hell, you got Nashawn Watson out already. I like Pittsburgh. I love Mike Tomlin as a coach, but they don't have a quarterback. Kenny Pickens, I don't think, is the answer. So, I don't know why you risk your franchise quarterback and now he's done for the season, which means your season is done for. Right, and basically they they cook themselves. Like, where do you go from here? And if and Joe Burrow was struggling the whole time anyway this season, Rodney. I felt like they should have at least went into the trade deadline and tried to bring in somebody. Like, who would who would what do you do now? Like, basically your whole season is basically over. Like they're done. Yeah, they they are done. They are cooked. They are. <laughs> However you want to slice it. Um, it, it, but it's just the same that no more Joe Burrow this season, no more Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins is done, Aaron Rodgers. I know people keep saying, oh, he'll be back in, in December. No, he won't. 
Yeah, he's not coming back. Yeah, if Kobe Bryant (laughs) can come back in like four or five months from Achilles injury, Kirk Cousins, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers is not coming back. I I just need y'all to face facts. Right, and quit drinking that goddamn Kool-Aid. Y'all are stuck with Zach Wilson. It kind of served the New York just right because they always trying to buy a quarterback for a championship. They tried it with Brad Favre. It didn't work. They now they have tried it with Aaron Rodgers. You're 0 for 2. It does, right. it does suck because they have a pretty good defense. But I don't know. This is like a weird NFL season. And it was funny. I don't know if you saw the stat. They were like, it's only two teams. There are three teams in the NFL, but only two losses. Two of them played in the Super Bowl last year, and the other one is the Detroit Lions. <laughs> now, that's terrible. So That is terrible. Our Lions are making noise, Rodney. And that's what I love to hear. Rightfully Bring- so. And they're they- bringing the city together. Yeah, we ain't we ain't got too much else to root for now because the Pistons are who we thought they were at this point. Because what the hell, man? The Pistons are god awful, Rodney. And I don't know. I don't even. I think Monty Williams. He's just trying to figure out what he's working with, and he's trying to give players playing time so that way you can lose them as trade bait or you know try to move on from them. If you you can't just trade them if they don't have no value. Yeah, that's well, just. <laughs> You need to move on from half the damn roster at this point. Yeah, and I'm like, man, that's just, yeah, they really, really sad to watch. When you watch them, it's just like, oh, my goodness, just a lot of potential, and guys can actually go somewhere else and be great somewhere else. But right now, this team that we have is awful. Like, I don't even know where we go from here. I know Duran's been hurt, and uh, Kay Cunningham, he can't do everything alone. And I know we, we got a bunch of injuries, too. Um, Bogdanovich is hurt. And, um, you know, we got a, a few more injuries. But, man, we were holding on to, like, uh, Killian Hayes. And it's, I think it's time for him to go. And uh, Marvin Bagley, he's just he's not working out. So maybe we can move on for those guys. The Lakers will take anybody. So maybe we can get the Lakers to be a trade partner. James Wiseman. Yeah, why? Oh man, and Wiseman too, just sitting there. I just, yeah, I'm so confused. This, but you know what? I'd rather be the Pistons than be the Clippers. Speaking of the Clippers, you know how I feel <laughs> about James Harden. Yeah, the, the this whole Clipper fiasco just, just, just confirms my opinion even further. James Harden. God bless Russell Westbrook for saying he would come off the bench, but he not the issue. Nowhere near the issue. And he's actually probably been the Clippers' best player this season so far. I agree. He's been the he. I mean, you talk about all heart and hustle. It's just definitely been Russ, man. Um, after that, of course, uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They really those two aren't really that vocal. So Russ is like the backbone. So for him to come off the bench, and then you put James Harden there, who's just really lackadaisical. His passes are ridiculous. A fat ass. His movements. 
it's just everything is ridiculous. Like everything about him is it just maybe he's still trying to shake off some of the um that weight and um trying to get into uh in game shape. That's at least that's what I'm hoping. He he looking like the Pillsbury Doughboy with a beard. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Yeah, I I figured that too. I was like, man, wait until Rodney, we talk about the damn Clippers, man. I know you're going to let them have it. They spent all that money. You got all that money between those four players. And the bench players are, are pretty good too. I mean, don't get me wrong. They got they got a bunch of people on that team still. That's a loaded roster. They just can't get it together. It's one ball. And for some reason, they can't figure out how to get that ball in the hoop. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know where where they go from here. I mean, Ty Lue's a good coach. You gave up way too much to get Harden. Harden hasn't proven that he could win anything in the league other than a, a whining contest. And a hamburger eating contest. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, my guy too, man. I, don't get me wrong, man. I got I love Harden, man. I think he's definitely um, he's a Hall of Famer at the end of the day, man. He's he's a megastar. You know who, who doesn't love yeah, James Harden? I don't put too much weight in the NBA Hall of Fame, but I mean, I'm sorry, the basketball Hall of Fame because they include what you did in college. So, not putting too much weight in that. Another future Hall of Famer <laughs> that we need to talk about. That thought I don't know if he heard the ding 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 or what. It thought he was in WWE. Draymond Green out for five games. Oh man, the head the headlock heard around the world. <laughs> yeah, he he snapped. Like I, I get he because it looked like Rudy Gobert was. Uh, about to put Clay in the chokehold, so I get their man for your teammate, but you can like literally see the coaches like telling Draymond to let him go and he's like carry him another twenty feet in the chokehold. So I, I He tried know. to carry him in the back, Rodney. He tried to carry him in the back of the damn arena. He would have carried him to the damn garage to <laughs> I'm just happy it was people that was there to stop it. And you know, like I mean when the NBA is trying to be cheap, those guys were playing the back-to-back basically against each other with, like, one-day rest. And if you remember the day before that, him and uh, Anthony Edwards got into it with each other. So yeah. he was already worked up about that anyway. Yeah. I don't like Rudy Gobert, but. <laughs> man, so many memes, man. But My favorite is the baby boy meme. Like, put yeah. <laughs> Man, and then Rudy Gobert putting his hands up. I'm like, oh my goodness, man. Yeah. I don't know that whole situation, the way it started, because you never really see um, Clay get upset, get angry. So, (laughs) yeah, like, yeah, that was unlike Clay, too, man. And, And Clay isn't himself anymore. I still, I know we watched Jordan Poole, like, um, just doing random shit. Like he's, I don't know what the hell Jordan Poole's doing anymore. Him and Kuz are must see TV, even though it's not for, they're not even really doing anything. It's just, it's two guys with big egos just taking all the shots in the world. 
Um, but at the same time, we're watching Clay Thompson's demise, man. Like, Clay is no longer the Clay that we thought he was. And it's, it's, he's aged very, very badly. Like, <laughs> he can't create his own shot. If he's not hitting his jumper and he can't create his own shot, and I know he's coming back from those injuries, but he can't stay in, he can't even stay in front of anybody. Like his defense is awful. And players are just running past him. Uh they need Steph Curry back bad. And they need Steph Curry in the miracle at this point. Yeah, they need him back bad. And Draymond also um creating those screens and stuff. So Draymond does a lot for them. I can see why they brought back Draymond, but um Draymond needs a therapist. They need a traveling therapist with Draymond. <laughs> yeah, I He's not a fan of uh, Rudy Gobert, man. It, it shows. I mean, I'm, 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 I, I understand. I'm I'm not a fan of Rudy Gobert, too. I feel like he has – I feel like the Rudy Gobert trade was one of the worst trades in NBA history, and he has one of the worst contracts in NBA history. But Now, yeah. I know you – I know you feel like it's a, a shitty trade, but those guys are balling. I think they've been on the longest winning streak. Um they still won't win as long as Rudy Gobert is on the team. Yeah. I, I mean, if the, you know what? Right now, this would be the perfect time for them to win or make a playoff push and get deep into the playoffs with um, Adam Silver, um, you know, enforcing teams to actually play players. Like, you can't take these days off anymore. So, if you really don't have a, a injury, if you're not on the injury report, if you can go out and play, or they're going to find you. So, now you got players struggling. You got players like Kawhi Leonard who can't catch a break. You have to literally play every game like it's in the damn 90s. Um, you got Kawhi Leonard, Paul Georges, uh, LeBron James, all those guys playing these crazy minutes without a day's rest. And it's just, it's bad. And I know they came up with a rule also. If you if you're over a certain age, then you are able to um, get rest and maintenance because they want to make sure those players. So it is the LeBron James rule. But for players that really aren't old, like LeBron, the Paul Georges, the Kawhi Leonard's, like you literally have to play every game, and they're struggling right now. Yeah, I I don't. I understand the rule, but I, I, at this point, I don't like it. So, was, I mean, I guess it benefits a team like Detroit where um, teams were resting their, their best players on the road. So, um, I, I could I could see it, it benefiting places like Detroit in that situation. But if I'm a superstar in the league, I, I, I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> Speaking of superstars, Angela Reese, did she get too big for her damn head? Man, she got way too big for her head, and that's a problem. That's a problem like when nobody – that championship just took over and nobody can contain her. And right now – the and, and this is the problem right now with these NIL deals because now, like, the hunger – she's getting everything that she would basically get and a WNBA contract. Because WNBA players aren't really paid that much. And she's getting in then some. But she's doing it on the college level. So what can you tell her right now? Like she's already yeah. got the money. Yeah. Um, like, to the point yeah, where and the fame. 
I think she, I read that she's doing all online classes for LSU because of her fame. It's something ridiculous. Uh, I just I I thought it was really interesting that she didn't she didn't travel with the team uh, at all. And like I said, she was benching the um, second second half of their their last game. I I, I don't know the cause the women's sport is so unique because she's definitely making more than she would make in the WNBA at this point. Um, so. So, so my thing, Ronnie, is does she think like right now, because I would love to see her in the WNBA, but right now with this whole situation, it's, it seems like she's really uncoachable. Like that's what yeah, I'm getting out of it. Which I th- yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how this because I at this point I don't if you're not traveling with the team I I don't I think the relationship could be paired but I don't think Kim Monkey is gonna play with her either so yeah she's uh, not gonna she's not gonna play with her like that and, and this shows like leadership and everything too. And she's known for being a high head. Like, it's the reason why she transferred um, the first time initially out of the Big Ten and, you know, and wound up going to that LSU program. So she just, she got a lot riding on this one, you know. And she's the game changer. Don't get me wrong. They need her in order to win. Don't don't get it twisted. Um, But she got to settle down, come back to reality, man, come back down to earth. Yeah, they they I mean they're much better with her. Um and it's this is like one of the years in women's college basketball where you don't have like a legit number one like any team I feel that's in the top ten are could win it. I mean, cause you got you kinda already then lost. South Carolina is talented but very young. So I mean, it it's not out the realm of possibility for LSU to repeat. You're right. It's not. It's not. And that's why, you know, I believe if she comes in and gets her mind together, gets her head together, come on, come win this championship. Like do something, make some history. You guys got a dynasty on your hands. So just get your, your head out of your ass and, and come on, let's win. Because, you know, you got these other teams that's going through transitions. You got South Carolina going through a transition, but they look really good, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. They, their point guard. Oh, man. She is. She's awesome. Man. I watched her drop some dimes, and she was looking like uh, Jason Williams out there, Steve Nash, and Jason Kidd. And I was like, yo, her yeah, ball control is crazy. And the whole fake behind the back pass for the layup. I was like, okay, she got game for real. Man, she a baller. So, I mean, and it just seemed like the field is, is pretty short, man. But you got a lot of young ladies as fighters, man. So you see a lot of these teams going down. Um, I'm not surprised that you got a lot of tough teams this season. Like, you, we just seen Iowa lose at home. We just, you know, LSU lost already. You got a bunch of other teams that that lost too. Connecticut lost. 
So there's some fighters out here, man. These these young ladies not playing, and they're getting better and better, and the playing field is getting more level too. Everybody can shoot jumpers now from deep. Everybody hitting trays. So you got to watch out. But the most talented team out of all of them, like I said, I love uh, Connecticut. I love the Huskies, you know. I love South Carolina, but LSU got something special, man. It just it, it depends on Angel Reese and and those girls down there, and and if they can get themselves together, they already got the money, so they just got to make sure they focus. Mm-hmm. Speaking of money, <laughs> prime time, Coach Prime. They they play tonight. They 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 struggling and they they need two more wins to be belt bowl eligible. I don't think they make it, but but I, I do think this this year is a success for Prime. Yeah, this is a this is a a hell of a year. It's a really good year for him. Um, look at where the franchise was just at. Like they they went from winning one game, they won four games this season. I I don't think that they're gonna win another game. I'm not gonna even front. They got a lot of injuries and um yeah, they're banged up. And it, yeah, it's we I'm kinda not, figured that their scheme wasn't gonna work. <laughs> they had that young man playing wide receiver and cornerback riding. You know that wasn't gonna work. For a hundred something snaps a game. Yeah. <laughs> we knew that wasn't gonna work. We knew that was a gimmick. And he tried to, you know, get it, put it in his mind. Like, if you do this the whole season, if you do the whole college football season, then you'll win a Heisman. And it just, he wasn't going to sustain that. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think my thing with that is, like, when you look at when Charles Wilson won the Heisman, like, he was dominant on defense every play. Every play on defense. Pretty much, he you either threw to him and and risked the pass breakup or the interception, or you didn't throw him at at all because he he just took away half the field. And then when Michigan did use him on offense, he was rested, so he you know he was either a decoy or when he when he was called on, he he had enough guys left to, to be able to make that play because he he wasn't playing a hundred snaps, he wasn't playing sixty on defense, and then. 60 on offense, like he, he still had a chance to rest. So when he did have, have to come in on offense, he was able to make plays. Like, I, I just feel like you burn people out. Like, this not high school. Right. You're right about that. It's not. And you, you burned them out. And that's what exactly happened, too. And he didn't – you know what? And don't get me wrong, too. See, that's why I say there's levels to this. And I'm not taking away from where he came from, but when you step up with the big boys and the schemes become bigger, the the games become bigger, the platform. I mean, it's it's different than being at a uh, HBCU. And that and that's the difference, and I hate to say it, but that's that's the difference right there. Um, those teams and, and being in the spotlight like that, I think the spotlight became a little too big. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for those players, man, and and that's just the that's just learning. That's the learning experience too, you know. So hopefully next year, I think I think he'll be great next year. But they the schedule is always going to be tough. Um, I hate that he, I, I hate that he now that uh, 
we just seen the Texas A&M job free up. I hate that he's kind of locked down with Colorado because seeing him in Texas would have been really a good thing, too. Yeah, or seeing that, him at University of Miami would have been awesome also. Yeah, that Texas A&M job is perfect from prime time. Speaking of Texas A&M, did you hear who they who they reached out to? Yeah, they <laughs> wanted to bring back a, an alumni mm-hmm. that's a, a current head coach of our Lions. Yeah, but what <laughs> – what ball to reach out to an NFL head coach about a college head coach vacancy? Well, and that's that's the thing. Okay, so the thing that I love about college sports, and and we see that with hardball, we see that with you know with all the not just hardball, but we see that with 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 coaches in college. Period. They're the focal point. They're the face of the team, and they're there for years. Um, when you think of Penn State, you think of Joe Paterno. When you think of the Hoosiers, you think of Bobby Knight. You know, it just you know, coaches in college are just that's what they are. Like they're they're forever. Like you're always you're embedded in glory when you're a college football coach. Bo Schembechler, um, Jim Treshel, you know, just if you win, you embed it. Yeah, if you win, you're embedded in glory. And I believe Dan Campbell, man, he can motivate young guys. I think that's why he's doing really good with the Lions. You get all these young guys, and they'll fucking run through a wall for him because he's good at motivating young guys. And if he ever gets a hold of a college team, that can be scary. Think about I would throw a lot of money at Dan Campbell because he does a good job working and coaching up these young guys to to do whatever he wants them to do, that can be really fucking scary, Rodney. I'm telling you, he gets with a good organization, a good friend. A Texas A&M would have been perfect for him. He would have ran the table for years to come. Because who doesn't want to play for a coach like that? You know what I mean? Like I, That, that could have been really bad. I'm glad that he didn't do that and he stayed with the Lions. Yeah, and I and I think he's I think long term Dan Campbell is looking at he he's going to if he continues on his trajectory and the Lions keep doing what they're doing, he's going to have immortality here in in the city of Detroit. They yeah, it's just they don't they don't build coaches like they used to anymore in the NFL. They pull the trigger too fast, man, on these coaches. It's like I I I love uh I love what Pittsburgh is doing with Mike Tomlin. Cause they you know, they they're like, look, whenever you ready to go, Tom, that's when you ready to go. Look at Belichick. Belichick's having two or three bad seasons where he's rebuilding and he's figuring out he's figuring out like players that can go under um, under his system, and some people aren't—they're they're not who they seem to be. Mac Jones is not really a good player, you know. I, he's not good for that system, and they're already calling for his job. All it takes is—all it takes is uh, Dan Campbell. I, I think they were calling for his job like last year too, when we started off like pretty bad at the beginning. So NFL is not giving man with with college. They they're more understanding. If, especially if you're not playing for like a huge university. If you're not playing for University of Michigan, Ohio State, if you're not the coach of one of those teams or a Notre Dame or Alabama, you know, one of those big Texas, 
they're not going to call for your job if you're not really doing that well. You know, like they're, they're understanding. Like look at Prime right now. Nobody's calling for Coach Prime's job. And, I, and, and Coach Prime can go bad again next season and the season after that, and he'll be just fine. It's just when you're in that NFL level, they want you to win right away, and you only got two years to prove it. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see um, who's been on the Texas A&M call list, though, if they reached out to Dan Campbell, um, what other phone calls have they they made, um, either at the NFL level or even, you know, current um, college coaches. I did hear one name that's very intriguing for a lot of reasons, uh, Ryan Day. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I don't I don't know because the, like Ohio State is it's a it's a legacy university too, but I don't know. Do do you have a easier time winning in the SEC? Or this this newly reconfigured Big Ten, we're gonna have UCLA and Oregon and Washington to compete with every year. Well, this is my thing. If he doesn't beat Michigan this year, especially with everything that Michigan's going through, he's gonna probably be out of there anyway. So it just yeah, I think he's gonna be on the James Franklin hot seat. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, because James Franklin's hot seat is is scorching too. Because he's think about James Franklin; he's beating every opponent except Ohio State, Michigan. Even when he goes to the bowl games, he's winning those bowl games. Penn State's they're whooping ass, man. Like, but when it comes to Ohio State, Michigan can't win for nothing. Just can't do anything. Hmm. And that right there, that alone is going to cost him his job. So, yeah. So I, I, I felt that name was very, very interesting. Hell, I've even heard uh, and that the the Oregon head coach landing uh, mentioned. So clearly, money is not going to be an issue for Texas A and M if they're willing to give. <laughs> 75 million to Jim Jimbo Fitcher not to coach anymore. So <laughs> that's why I'm like, then they just throwing money out the window. So yeah, whoever comes in, they're going to pay them very well. I, I don't think, and, and don't get me wrong. Texas A&M is a, a, a great job is a, a excellent job. I don't think it's better than being an Ohio state coach or Oregon. In my opinion, it's not better than being one of those legacy teams. Or Texas. Some teams is just not better than. Like, uh, no, Texas A&M, I know they had a, a long story history. Texas A&M can never be Ohio State. You know, you and know, I don't even like Ohio State. You know who I'm calling? Who you calling? I'm who you going to call? I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm making a call to Toledo, to Jason Candle. Oh, wow. That is that actually wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be a bad move. But I think they want a huge name. I think that's what they're looking for right now. They're looking they, for a huge name. They may want a huge name, but 
Um, Kendall is, is, is the guy, like, if I'm MSU, I'm calling. Like, he, to me, when I watch the Toledo teams play, and he's, he, you know, he's been at Toledo for a minute. They always are fundamental. He recruits well to get to get the type of player there at Toledo. Um, I love his offense that they run. So, I mean, if, if I'm a team, I'm, I'm you, why not? I, I agree. Like, why not? Why not? Like, that, that would be a good pickup. That would be a really good pickup. I'm thinking. I'm thinking like, why don't they follow in the same foot, the footsteps of a, uh, of Prime and those guys? Um, why don't you go and and try to get um. Another HBCU uh, HBCU coach. Um. And you know, I know Prime got it. Huh. Eddie George. There you go. I was going to say, I know Prime got into it with Eddie George and they had that heated rivalry. Why you can reconnect that rivalry? Because, uh, you know, Colorado is going to be going, you know, joining that, you know, it's going to be nice and you can renew that rivalry. I say go out to Eddie George. He's shown that he's a, a damn good coach. Uh, you give him a bigger platform now, too. And I think he. He talks his junk and he gets kids motivated just like Prime does. So I mean, Coach Prime's in a league of his own. Don't get me wrong, but Eddie George is damn near close, and he busts his ass too. Mm-hmm. Give Eddie George a chance. That's a that's an intriguing fit. Yeah, these players these players want to play for for former players, man, that they can remember that were iconic. I think Eddie George was iconic in his own right. Just like Prime, nobody's Prime, but Eddie George was iconic in his own right too. Um, give him a chance, and you know that's just like if Tom Brady ever decided to coach. I see Drew Brees is uh is a coach now too. So for Purdue, did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I was like, yo, that's crazy, and he's getting, a, and that's how they're getting a lot of recruits going to uh, Purdue, and they're still in a lot of recruits, man. So. I was really disappointed to hear that too. I was like, "God damn it, these young guys are going to Purdue because they want to be under the guidance and tutelage of a uh, uh, Drew Brees." And they said their recruiting class is really good too. So we're gonna have to send Tom Brady out on the recruiting trail. <laughs> <laughs> which, which you know. I think he's more than willing to do. I mean, he reposted the bet things last week, so. Yeah, like he wants to see the team win. Everybody wants to see him win, man, and we've been going through a lot. Oh, Rodney, before we get the hell out of here, because it's almost that time, how do you feel about Kyler Murray? You still don't like Kyler Murray? I told you he's going to be back. He the man. (laughs) Give me three more weeks. Give you three more (laughs) Yeah, one one game is not gonna gonna convince me otherwise. I, I need I need at least a, a quarter of the season. I need four weeks worth of data. Okay, so not only is uh Kyler Murray back, but we got Miles Bridges back too tonight. And that's so intriguing too, because they've been really stinking up the place too. So. 
Yeah, and, and he came back, played 33 minutes. Uh, they got blown out by the Bucks today, but he came back. Oh, yeah, he came back. He balled out, man, and I was kind of, I was kind of surprised they threw him right into the fire right away. They actually had a nice little lead when I was watching the game earlier, um, but they just couldn't hold on to the lead and maintain. They, they still missing like Terry Rozier and and um, Gordon Hayward happens to be the worst pickup ever, but they're gonna eventually get it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. Back, so I have to check out the Charlotte Hornets now. Yeah, man, I'm happy Miles Bridges back in the league, and everybody needs a second chance, man. I, I'm not one of the guys that always likes to cast the people away, man. I, I you know, I believe when guys make mistakes and they're that young, man, and you know, if they're willing to go through the counseling and do what they need to do, then. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and uh, make sure that we can look out for the young guys and give them guidance so they don't make those same mistakes again. Don't cast them off. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we'll we'll be back. Um, go blue tomorrow. Go Lions on Sunday. Um, yes, sir. Is gearing up for um, what two NFC. North games in about five days, so. Yeah, tough schedule, tough schedule. But I think, man, the way the Lions playing, man, if they can stay healthy, they might shock the world, man. We might be going to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking the blue Kool-Aid. Yeah, so we'll get out of here on that note. You can catch us on the B-side. Peace. <laughs>